Welcome to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Sean. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, You might see that the air is a little bit more red and... (laughs) Are we in- you could feel collectivism happening, and the are we in pre-crisis DC? Is that what you're trying to tell the, me? <laughs> the the uh, the plight of the worker is being recognized. Oh, okay. Oh. I think um, I think I know what's coming. And uh, and those bourgeoisie are are getting purged <laughs> left and right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are talking about my favorite Soviet super supervillain. Slash favorite Iron Man villain. There's a very short list of Iron Man villains I like, but he's on the top of it. <laughs> and it is Unicorn. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I love Unicorn. I love him. He's I, so good. I gotta ask, do you love the visual or do you love the character? Because the visual's stunning. Like, I'm not going to deny that a grown-ass man firing i know they're laser bolts i prefer to see them as sparkles firing sparkles out of his unicorn horn at the top of his head is is pretty amazing it's a combination of both um i just also really like the soviet era supervillains oh yeah a lot as well and when i say i like his visuals i know i'm not meaning the one like the beginnings of his visuals in the 60s i'm talking more like the 70s and 80s oh yeah no me too that's what i'm thinking of too and we'll get to it we'll get to it First, but what does Unicorn look like? <laughs> so he has actually he's got a kind of a he's kind of kind of a, a badass costume man. So he has the my favorite. So so I I started collecting Iron Man in the Jim Rhodes in the eighties when Jim Rhodes took over. Like literally, my first issue is the issue Rhodey takes over for Tony. But over the yeah. years, I've backfilled my Iron Man collection. Um, quite a bit, and and one of my favorite covers of all time is Iron Man one fifty four. So this is when I think of Unicorn. This is a costume I think of, so it's the one I'll go with. He has thigh high green f me boots that would like oh t- like so much confidence. <laughs> oh my like, god! Right? <laughs> holy like holy crap! I'm just like I know what he looked like. His face isn't my thing, but like if you kept the mask, holy crap! Like yeah. those boots are just like confident like they add like two points to his sexiness just to that <laughs> yeah two he spent a lot of he spent a lot of points on charisma man yeah, the, the, yeah he's got thigh high f me boots he's got an orange you know unitard and then matching green trunks and gloves and the helmet is green which fires a laser out of the top of it like a unicorn and then he's got a super cool unicorn silhouette on like the torso I love this costume. I'm not going to lie, this, man. This is a really good costume. And like, you're just like, oh, you're just saying that because he's a unicorn on his on his chest or torso. It's a very badass unicorn. It, it You know what? Honestly, <laughs> he is, you know, he's a little bit of something of a joke because of the name and the, the weird power set. But you go by the cover of Iron Man 154 and he looks like the ser- like the baddest man in the Marvel Universe. Like, like, I did not think you could make a unicorn look super tough and cool. But like... I mean, he's he's amazing. Well, also, uh, I want to show you one of the pictures because this is one of the panels I think of. But also, they managed to make him look very badass in the comic as well. Yeah, like like uh, this picture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's it's, it's amazing. That's the cover of one fifty four. 
Yeah, it's so good. It is so good. Like, it's just like, like, you could just, like, see him put, like, all of his might into this blast trying to, like, destroy Iron Man. Like, where he's, like, almost writhing in, like, agony. And, and like, Iron Man is just, like, trying to swoop out of the way. And it's just a very kinetic cover that is amazing. Oh, yeah. that And that's John Romita Jr., Bob Layton era Iron Man. So it's the art is so good and and it's yeah it's it's a good it's funny because again he's a character who you know kind of is a joke but on that cover he looks amazing and I had actually totally forgotten that he was a Soviet spy I forgot his backstory I actually thought he came from Equestria and like somehow escaped you know I don't know he was he was some other name and and now his name is like Applejacticus or something but. But he's yeah he's he's got a much cooler character than I was giving him credit for. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of things are uh, are let downs though after after going over after going over Tigra. Like I just <laughs> forgot how bad. Like I knew I knew I I remembered uh, like all the like cat people stuff, but I forgot that her um that her mentor uh, Trumbolo was actually a secret cat person who belonged to yeah. the cat people who made the bubonic plague. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh my god there's a lot of things are disappointments just to say i'm i have not reached that high for since i talked about manslaughter oh yeah (sighs) yeah i don't know sometimes like you know don't don't meet your don't meet your heroes (laughs) (laughs) that's what you get when you watch your own hot move man it's it's a it's a hors d'oeuvre platter but sometimes the hors d'oeuvres are just you know old cheese (laughs) it's pretty gross (laughs) oh yeah they are but talking about cheese that is very good (laughs) <laughs> unicorn nice segue <laughs> so what do you th- what, what do you know what his real name is so his name is Ma- milos maserk i'm butchering that but it's a, a soviet name oh, it's, so it's probably milos so milos maserk uh and he was a spy i mean this was this was you know the height of the cold war and he uh was sent over to america to track down actually my favorite well my second favorite member of the soviet super soldiers crimson dynamo who was who had defected to America, and then of course gets in a fight with Iron Man. So that that's actually the first time I encountered him was in Iron Man one fifty four. I I know I've seen him again in a couple other places, but that's my big memory. So so I you know him as as coming over and fighting Iron Man at Stark Internationals, kind of my big memory of him. So so he used to be a, a ex intelligent agent. I mean, he used to be an intelligent agent, but now he's a subversive, um, which is basically. An intelligent agent without government backing. So he's like a, a Ronin, like a spy, but a spy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I get, a subversive could be government. Could be a government employee. Yeah. I guess. I guess it's. Uh, I guess it's more of the watch the word world burn type of intelligent agents. You're not we- gathering stuff. You're just making people burn stuff down. <laughs> Which is the yeah. best kind. So legal status is Czechoslovakian uh, citizen with no criminal record because he was working with the go- Soviet government. Um, no former aliases. Um, he was born in uh, Bratislava, Bratislava, um, Czechoslovakia, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. It's the Czech Republic now. Because this was pre-collapse of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 no known relatives. Former agent of Count Nefaria. The father of 
Big M. 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 The Red Ghost. Uh, oh, yeah, speak about, like, speak about things that are hard to, to live up to. The Red Ghost. Who's oh. my second favorite? So Dude, super, super monkeys. Villain. They're the main, amazing. Ooh, I love them. Uh, the Mandarin and the Titanium Man, who we talked about a couple weeks earlier. Um, his origin story is Tales of Suspense, number issue, uh, sorry, issue number 56 in August 1964. The Uncanny Unicorn. <laughs> also, I do not like his old costume. No, it's um, awful. It's it's really bad. Yeah. Like, whatever whatever they did in the 70s to... They jazzed it up. They made it pretty cool. Early 80s, yeah. I do uh, have to say, though, I like the idea. I, I didn't realize he was created all the way back in 64 by Stan Lee and, and Don Heck. I love the idea that Stan went to, like, his niece's birthday party. And he was like... He's like, hey, what is this horse with a horn on it? And his sister's like, oh, it's a unicorn. He's like, unicorn! It's like literally the next day writes that issue. So I love that that's probably the origin. Because otherwise, you know, why, what is Stanley doing writing in a unicorn? <laughs> yeah. Well, this would have been around the time he was uh, making the Femazons. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been? That was 70s, right? 70s, 80s? Well, no, no. But yeah, but he creates them in the 60, in 64. No, 60s. No, he creates them in 64. When did he do the Femazons? I don't remember. Was that 70s? I, I think it, it was around the... T- sounds th- very 70s. It sounds 70s, like, because he probably would have been around the time when they were do- pushing, like, women lib uh, ideology and, and Roy Thomas just messing it up because he went through a divorce. <laughs> <sighs> Again, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but uh, just looking at the creator's life yeah. around the time stories came out brings a lot of nuance to stories uh, I, especially I, roy thomas my master's <laughs> thesis was literally on how every divorce of ernest hemingway prompted the writing of his greatest books like like seriously it was like meet women fall in love get crushed write great novels you know rinse and repeat so yeah oh no i'm, I'm fully aware yeah um which again, like I need to look into Chris Claremont's life. Apparently, Chris Claremont's life because something's going on there during the eighties. <laughs> I, I think Chris was a happy man. I think he just, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it was the eighties, man. It was a different time. Like literally, everyone was on coke. Like I was in, I was a kid, and I still remember the first day of kindergarten. They were like, "We are going to teach you to share and do a bump," because everybody's on coke because it's the eighties. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I mean, uh, Reagan, Reagan yeah. was around. I mean, how else? How else were you going to get co- uh, cocaine unless the Contras was uh, funneling it into the America? Cocaine was everywhere. It very man. cheap. It, cocaine um, was seriously everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of people who don't doesn't do cocaine because he's a good Soviet spy. Well, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, uh, I well, I sent you the link to the to at least uh, the cover uh-huh. um, uh, in the chat there. Um. And I gotta say, so what it says on here, it's first off, it's the Tales of Suspense. It's the Iron Man run of Tales of Suspense. It was a little bit before they started doing Iron Man and Captain America stories, and a little bit before they got their own books. But the cover is, it's basically like all the background is like grayscale for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. You think that's just the the printing of of the image? I no, it, I think it's intentional. Okay, it looks intentional. Yeah, it's it's not as good as one fifty four. 
<laughs> no, no. But it's like Iron Man and like the it's this is also the era where Iron Man looks like he's just wearing like shiny spandex. <laughs> um and the unicorn has the worst helmet. Like oh he looks more like a bug. Looks more like a bug almost. Like like a someone mixed up like a old timey diving suit with like a bug helmet. Yeah, he looks like a Scooby Doo villain. It's uh Yeah. It's pretty weird. <laughs> and like there's just this like random woman just laying on the floor being like, Oh no, what's going on? Well, you know, it was the sixties. Yeah, his his original costume, if you take the actually, if you take the helmet off, he looks like he's the greeter at like a really good Chinese restaurant. Uh it is the weirdest costume <laughs> ever. And then the the top also looks like it kind of looks like a space age beekeeper helmet. I, I, it's really weird. Yeah. Or 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 if he if he slimmed if you just take off the if you just rework the helmet a little bit it looks like he could hang out with the fixer mentallo around this time as oh, well oh yeah or the melter yeah oh yeah it's very it's very of that time you know looking at the woman on the ground is that pepper potts maybe i think so i see maybe i don't know when pepper potts showed up oh no she's there yeah, from no, the it's start pepper potts okay yeah, okay yeah she's there from yeah, the beginning i haven't read a lot of tales of suspense stuff so you know, it's it's um, interesting. I, I've read some of it in like, you know, Marvel Essentials or one of those big reprint books. And it's cool, but it's also like fully Tony Stark as like super fun, you know, millionaire, not billionaire at the time, millionaire playboy. Like, and it's all like Russian spies and Russians defecting and Russians. I mean, it might as well be an 80s movie that was on HBO. And like, you know, like it just everybody's defecting. Like everybody's coming to America. It's crazy. But, it, it you know, and, and I mean, look, it's Black Widow. Uh, um, Crimson Dynamo. I mean, he gets everybody to defect. Well, uh, one thing on the comic vine, because that's what I tend to use as the supplementary mm-hmm. information, because they tend to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, there's one review of this uh, of this issue. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, it's uh, by Dangmar underscore Merrill in 2014. Uh, gave it two stars, and the title of the review is "Lamest Name for the Lamest Villain Ever." <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, Zebra uh, Man's like, hold my beer, man. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even looked at you. Have you looked at like the kangaroo? Or yeah, he's easy to beat I, though because he can't go backwards. So yeah. <laughs> he's, he's run behind him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if the fact that Iron Man's second best villain so far, not in, not counting the Crimson Dynamo, since he reformed in his first appearance is someone called the uncanny unicorn isn't funny <laughs> i do i do not know what uh what is okay whatever uh even he even looks lame he has a weird lamp thing taped to his face i okay i agree with that one uh yeah so this issue uh so when when this issue is mm, i see i don't want to i t- okay I'm just going to fix it. So this issue yeah. is actually pretty awesome. It should come as a surprise. At least I was surprised. The odd thing is about it is that they could have just brought back the Melter. He had a pretty decent backstory that would have fit. Uh, you know, some of that actually went into actual uh, criticism. Um, but I will say that, first off, the unicorn is amazing, and you're clearly wrong. Um, <laughs> so, so <clears throat> Milos. Uh, Mark, I can never say. Yeah, Eastern the last name. Last is, names. Let's just go with Milos. Yeah, the the yeah the, Milos. The, the, the first name was a Soviet intelligence agent assigned to security duty when the private, uh, 
uh, laboratory of the inventor Anton Vaco uh, to the sorry to the inventor of Anton Vaco. Uh, is that? Uh, yeah, that name's really familiar. Is that isn't that um, what's this in Iron Man two? It's Whip the Whiplash? guy who plays Whiplash. Yeah, but that's not actually who Whiplash is. No, um, I think it might be his dad. Vinko. It's definitely it's definitely a Silver Age. Um, but yeah, that is who they make. That is who they make. Um, what's his name in, in Iron Man two? No, it's Whipper. I mean, oh, it's it, Whiplash. It, Whiplash. Oh, it is. Okay, so, it's yeah. Whiplash. Yeah. Anton Venko is Whiplash. Um, yeah, Anton. V- but yeah, it is. It's not the first Whiplash. It's uh, he takes it up later. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, Venko was engaged in the development of advanced technology weaponry and armament. Uh, his first completed pro- uh, project was a full uh, body suit of armor, which he's which he later um. Which he later would wear as the Soviet operative, codenamed the Crimson Dynamo. His second finished project was a helmet and a harness, which offensive radiation beam uh, weaponry called the Power Horde was integrated. Venko offered this to Milos with the government approval and instructed the Soviet agent on its use. Oh, I like that they call it the Power Horn. I like that they're just leaning in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a horn. It could be on just about anything. Yeah, but they go but, power horn. They, they fully embrace. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime after Venko defected to America, the Soviet government dispatched uh, Milos to avenge the disgrace caused by the inventor. Uh, Milos was given special heavy, heavily insulated costume and codenamed the Unicorn because of the head-mounted discharge cone of the weapon system he wore. Uh, so Iron Man confronted the the unicorn, and who was the reason why Vanko defected and coerced him into accompanying him back to uh the Soviet Union, where the secrets of Iron Man's armor could be unlocked. Uh, Iron Man escaped, however, and permitted the in- enemy agent to go free. So, Iron Man at the time was um. I guess, I guess he was just like you know fighting for the cause of capitalism. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, and, and and it's interesting because his treatment of some Soviets is different than others. Like Black Widow gets a lot of rope, man. You know she, yeah, she gets to do anything she wants, and he's like, yeah, I'll give her another chance. I'll give her another chance. <laughs> Unicorn entered a short-lived alliance with Count Nefaria, the father of Big M. 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 In hopes of acquiring some funds for subversive activities. Their scheme, however, was thwarted by the X-Men. Returning to his native Czechoslovakia, uh, Milos voluntarily underwent special treatment treatment by the experimental hyperactivator device designed by the government to augment physical strength. his several month delay in reporting back to his peers raised suspicions to his loyalty, so he was forced to undergo weeks of brainwashing before serving as a test subject for the device. Uh, the treatments did not only endow him super strength, but it but it also ended the effects of the brainwashing. 
you think they probably would have thought about that. Yeah. Brainwashed them afterwards. Yeah, that, that might come up later in Russian history. <laughs> Thus, as soon as the treatments uh, were finished, uh, Milos turned on the scientists who empowered him and destroyed their machine so they could not create more such as him. Uh, donning the redesigned suit of his power horn techno- weaponry, aka the suit he wears now, he fled, hoping to find a cure, uh, to cure himself of the unfortunate side effect of the treatment. Um, basically, he was aging very quickly. His cell, like accelerated cell death. Mm-hmm. Uh, returning to America, his he first tried to coerce the Congress of the United States into giving him funds to finance the investigation. Because of his advanced aging. Why? <laughs> like, I was trying to, like, yeah. I was trying to find anything to say about that, but why? No, it's why a plot Congress? Con- yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird plot contrivance. Like, go to someone like the power broker. Be like, hey, I had this thing done on me. Maybe you can reverse engineer it? You just need to heal me. Yeah, there's some other places he could have gone. But he's totally mentally unstable at this point. I mean, that's also that's the other thing, too, is that like he's but, he's rapidly deteriorating mentally. So, you know. But, but still, why Congress? <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? I mean, it may be something like if you've ever read The Death of Superman, when, when Doomsday's like just randomly wrecking havoc in the middle of America, and he sees a poster for WrestleMania and just heads for Metropolis because of it. Maybe it was that. Maybe he just was like, hey, you know, I saw a poster, saw Washington, D.C. on it, headed for Congress. You never know. Iron Man thwarted his plans to talk to Congress into giving him money, which they could probably just give him. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then the unicorn, once again, just slipped by Iron Man, be like, yo, buy him. Don't capture me. Build another suit. You'll capture me then, please. Because <laughs> um, that's the secret to Iron Man stories. Oh, yeah. He gets beaten, and then he builds a suit that counteracts it, and then he doesn't get beaten. That'll come- But then another guy yeah. comes around, then he has to build another suit. That's going to happen much more frequently later. We're still kind of in the- We're in the single longest run of the same armor right now. The the the, the crimson and gold, the like classic Bob Layton armor. But yeah, pretty soon, it's going to be every third issue, and it's like, oh, come on. No, don't get, don't get me wrong. I do love some Iron Man. It's just- Certain writers fall back on that trope or they go too hard in one direction. Yeah. Like, I think the current run of Iron Man is losing me very quickly. Oh, the dance slot run? I wish I liked it. Yeah. Like, come on, that should not have lasted more than three issues. So, you know, it's funny. I love Dan Slott. Like, he is one of my favorite writers. I know people, you know, maligned him for a Spider-Man run. I think it's it's one of the all-time greats. I think he's on the Mount Rushmore Spider-Man writers. I mean, I love his stuff, but man, his Iron Man run every single every single month when it comes out, I look at it and I go, "Yeah, I'm about to drop this book," you know. And then I'll yeah. read it and I'll go, "Wow, there's some really good storytelling here," but I just don't care about this plot line. It's well, been going on forever, and yeah, it's like it's like whenever like Jason Aaron like uh, Thor comic mm-hmm. Thor stuff, like he does something like weird and out there. Like, let's say, for example, the God Butcher saga, you know, like a whole year, like a year and 
a change of amazing storytelling that's mm-hmm. like out there. And then Malekith the Accursed comes up and I'm just like, hey, I guess I'm not reading this anymore. And then I just wait for the next run. Oh, really? No, I hate I hate Malekith okay, so much. I, 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 I like Malekith, so I have no problem with it, but the, the War <sighs> no, of the Realm just, stuff is so good. <laughs> so so okay. So here here's my big thing, main thing. Um I like North mythology a lot. And I cannot get that out of my brain whenever I'm reading Thor stuff. I like it when it's doing space stuff. I like it when it's doing like weird realm hopping stuff. Mm-hmm. Hate when they just do it North mythology. Yeah, I, I mean, did you? But just read Walt Simonson's run from the '80s. Did you not like that? Because that's like my favorite run of that book ever. I'm gonna like. I like parts of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I just hate straight North mythology and in, in the in Thor comics. I don't know why. I just can't get into it. And Malekith is the quickest way to make me not want to read a comic. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Then definitely stay away from Thor right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading it right now. I stopped when he showed up again. I read up to the point where uh, Balder Mary Hella. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Pretty recently then. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, read, I read up to that point and just like, oh, Malekith's here. Okay. I'm not reading it. <laughs> like. So, mm. so mm. speaking of uh, weird little elves. Uh, the unicorn, because he, you're you're leading up to when he returns, because he goes to Congress and then he falls into a coma. Oh yeah, and then the net, the, the most amazing thing ever happens the next time he wakes well, up. Well, for, well, first, 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 we need to do this part. Uh, so he went to now renegade Soviet scientist, my second favorite Soviet supervillain, the Red Ghost. Um, he wanted to, so he basically. Wanted wanted him as a henchman, mm-hmm. while and basically, you know, promised that he can cure him. Uh, but the ghost proved incapable, and a unicorn then went to the Mandarin, and the Mandarin did what the red ghost wanted to do, but better, and turned him into his body slave. Oh with God! Quest- and used him for one of his many attacks on Iron Man. A body slave with a discharge cone? That sounds like a completely different comic book. <laughs> so, okay. So, one thing, one thing, and I said we need to keep these short. Yes. That's, that's Okay. The one thing that I've been noticing. So, the week before, like literally the one, the, 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 the entry right before this was the first time they've ever talked about someone's sexuality very frankly. Oh, in the, in Ohatmu? Yeah, yeah. Because they always use euphemisms, yeah. but with Umar, for whatever reason, they're just like, she just straight up banged everyone to get power. <laughs> good for her. And I'm just like, what? I mean, no, first off, good for her, yeah. but like, also, they're just like, they just go into like, like, basically how she went from like, being kind of prudish to like, to basically just dominating men for power, in very frank terms, I'm just like, what? And right after this, for like, you know, I'm not a prude or anything, but yeah. it's just weird hearing them just say like, yeah, she liked having sex a lot. Then I think they figured at, at a certain point, by the time they got to the use, they're like, no one's reading the Umar entry. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go crazy. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but body slave is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Through a mind transferring device he devised, the Mandarin was even trapped in the unicorn's body for some time. That's interesting. I'm doing uh, raising my eyebrows. <laughs> then Unicorn contacted the Tiny Man who promised to cure him if he defeated Iron Man. 
the disease already has been affecting his brain, mm-hmm. so he agreed readily. And for the first time, Iron Man managed to apprehend his longtime foe. So basically, Iron Man finally got a W when it came to um to Unicorn because he was just dunking on him all the time. <laughs> uh, he placed the Unicorn in a cryogenic uh, cylinder and gave him a chemical bath designed to arrest his cellular blah 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 his cell death. By the time Unicorn, uh, by the time Unicorn was accidentally free, the treatment was apparently successful, and uh, but his mind was damaged enough that he became now insane. Yeah, this is when I first met him. And uh, after yet another battle the, with the uh, with Iron Man, the Unicorn, deprived of his rocket belt, belt, belt escaped, and then he was seen heading out to the sea, hoping to. Meet up a titanium man. Yeah, no, he... You're underselling this man. He full-on says, I'm a walk to the Soviet Union. <laughs> and, and Iron Man's like, dude, no, there's an ocean between you. He's like, I'm a walk to the Soviet Union. And he just, like, walks into the ocean. And Iron Man just watches it happen. And he's like, all right, all right, good luck, dude. <laughs> and that's well, like... Well, that's, it- it doesn't say anything here. I would have liked it a little bit more if it ended. And then he walked into the ocean. <laughs> no, he, he but he does. He fully does. He walks into the Atlantic Ocean, and Iron Man just watches him. I feel. I feel like after a certain point, you kind of just can't stop him. <laughs> You're like, well, this- actually, you know what? You can. Yes, no, you not, can. no, I'm not. I'm not going to let Iron Man out of yeah, this. You're Iron Man, dude. It's like it's like Iron Man is standing on the beach. And and unicorn mentally damaged unicorn is walking into the ocean, and beachgoers are like, "Uh, hey, hey, Mister Avenger, are you gonna go save that guy?" And he's like, "No, man. Some, some there's some people just have their destiny. They're like, no, 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 dude. He's walking into the ocean. Can you save him? Does some it, people have to it, save themselves, man. No, no, go <laughs> save him. Like, he just like lets he him already, do it. He's already sta- he's too far gone. He's like, no, he isn't. His head is above <laughs> the water. That's great. Pick him up with your robot arms, Mister Robot Man. Yeah, they're like we. He's, he's like Iron Man's like we lost him long ago. They're like, no, I can see his head, <laughs> but nope. Call James Rhodey. Yeah, give him an Iron Man suit and have him do it if you don't want to do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. really messed up, dude. It's really messed up. Ah, oh. but it's like also my favorite unicorn moment ever. <laughs> man, it's a, oh man. Ah, uh, I oh man, I need to read that. <laughs> it's that, that image is burned into my mind because I it's I I'm, I'm like I remember being a kid being like wait wait what like you can like I get that you're like battle damage but like you can save him like he's so, just so, walking into the ocean like you can do what a lifeguard does Iron Man like you can be David Hasselhoff like come on you can be better. I'm gonna. I'm even gonna say that like. Let's say Iron Man just refuses to do it for whatever reason because <laughs> apparently he's a very awful man. Yeah, I don't. Stingray, maybe I don't know. Like it's so many other people could have, like he. Surely there's cell phone like technology because uh-huh. of Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, Tony Stark. So like you know, call anyone up. Yeah. Maybe ring up Namor. I think he was a reserve member. Not, this not time. yet, but he could have called oh. Stingray. He could, in either way. There or, were other or things Thor he could have came down. He'd be like, "Hey, Thor, yeah. can you like pick this heavy dude up, please?" Yeah, yeah it's it's or, like it's like Tony's laying there on the beach, like fake reaching out, like no, don't. And they're like, <laughs> people on the beach are like, "Can't you call some of your Avengers friends?" He's like, "No, there just aren't that many heroes in New York." Like it's so ridiculous. Spider Man, I yeah. like I can think of so many people who could have like 
You could have helped him. Yeah. You could have made a villain into a like a ally, or or literally just a lifeguard. <laughs> like he could have just been life- like lifeguard. Hey, somebody's walking into the ocean. Nope, they let it happen. Like get a magnet. There's so <laughs> many things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's it, man. That's the unicorn. Like that's that is his lasting legacy in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Well, um, he his other lasting legacy is he was a very tall man. <laughs> he was six two, weighed two hundred twenty two uh two hundred twenty pounds. I had blue eyes and red hair. He can lift about fifteen tons because of the experimentation mm-hmm. thing. So his body, soft tissues, are basically the stuff that hurts when you punch it. Uh, when you punch it enough, uh, is very, is very dense. So he can repel about fifty uh, caliber uh, machine gun bullets. Resist uh, flames up to nine hundred degree Fahrenheit. And can resist repulsor uh, bl- ray blast at maximum bl- uh, at maximum blast strength at about twenty feet. Does it say in there whether he can resist floaties? <laughs> because um, he could have used a pair when he walked into the ocean. <laughs> he could have. There's so many ways. Like, let's say a child. Okay. Sorry, I can't get to. This is going to be a breaking point for me. So, let's replace the unicorn with anyone else. Oh, yeah. I'm talking. Any, let's say a child is just like, I'm going to rock to China now. <laughs> There's so many ways you could do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his armor has freaking roller skates. Are you telling me it doesn't have a tractor beam or like, I don't know, a, a rope with a, you know, white donut on the end that can float in the water? <laughs> like, say, that's your job, Iron Man. Yeah. You'll keep him alive for months before. I like He didn't th- die. I mean, he's not dead. Okay. He, well, yeah, First but off, he doesn't know that. I like to think that, that but, they don't show the thought bubble. But there's a moment when Tony's on the beach walking, watching it happen. And he's like, you know. I got owned by this loser a bunch of times, and I can wipe the record clean now and never have to deal with him again. And now Cap of the other Avengers won't make fun of me. So yeah, I'm just gonna let him do it. And the thing is, it's like they're not they're not making fun of him because he got beaten by someone with called the Unicorn. It's because he's gotten beaten by a guy who has who because first off, okay, let's I'm gonna just bring this out first, first of all. Um his his head horn thing. His discharge cone. <laughs> his discharge cone, yes. Uh, it's a thing uh-huh. that requires a somewhat awareness of your directionality, mm-hmm. which is why they tend to put the like the like the beam powers and stuff on people's hands, yeah, or out of their eyes, eyes yeah, or maybe even out of their chest. Because you know what? For the most part, you can be like, okay, I can see where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. But for your eyes, it's literally I'm looking at this thing. But when you put it on the forehead, it's harder to relate to, like... When it's high up on his forehead. So he's effectively so, okay. looking at the ground whenever he so, shoots yeah. something. I'm, I'm, you can't see, I'm having trouble describing <laughs> why this is dumb. Because, <laughs> like, first off, forehead. Okay, so, okay, so first off, you have to, I'm miming this out on video, but I have to, to <laughs> okay, so, okay, so eyes. Okay, so let, I'm looking at your profile picture right now. If I were to shoot your profile picture, I'd have to look down probably around here? Yeah, yes. yeah, you definitely wouldn't be line of sight. 
You wouldn't be line of sight, so you'd always be at least looking at your feet. Oh yeah, you're looking at the ground. You're you're like you're like the world's shyest supervillain. It's like you can't make eye contact with the person you're killing. It's ridiculous. It's not good. No. No, the practicality of the unicorn is not great. However, having said that, the orange and green like, you know, combination with the stallion like silhouette on the on the chest, he's got a lot of swagger. Like he he's not afraid of a lot of look. I actually, like, the more we're talking about him, the more I like him. The more I kind of want to bring him back. So, like, I I told you, he's my favorite. for <laughs> He's my favorite for a reason, because the more you think about it, uh, the the more. I also just sent, like, a fan art thing that was on Comic Vine. Oh, that's, that's awesome. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's uh, D-Man uh, being shot by the unicorn, but it's like a rainbow, rainbow uh, thing. It's instead. like he's firing Julie Power out of his cone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Julie Power, basically. Uh, yeah, but I think we're pretty much done talking about the unicorn. Yeah, I think we're good. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> Just that I, <laughs> I hope somebody brings him back. I think I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. I think there are some there's some deep seated mystery in this character. I'd like to see him walk out of the ocean and no with no explanation. He just walks out of the ocean and the issue starts. So yeah, I think that's that's all. I, I just want to see him again. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's on the top of my Soviet supervillain list. <laughs> and uh, as a quick little uh, teaser, I might be talking about my favorite Soviet supervillain, I mean, superhero, Oh, in a couple days. Cool. Hmm. wonder who that would be. <laughs> Very the cool. one that has a U in its name? Yeah. Probably, because we're in the U's. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get to plugs. What's your plugs? Uh, so, uh, again, I'm Sean Ross. I'm a, on the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network. I co-host Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars and Beyond, where we have covered Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars Volume 1, which is awesome. We just finished covering Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars Volume 2, which is awful. Uh, we are going to get to Volume 3, the beautiful gem that is the uh, Hickman and Isad Ribic run, uh, very, relatively soon. But in the meantime, we're doing a mini series. We're doing Squadron Supreme. Actually, actually, Jesse will be guesting on one of those episodes. Uh, I only put out three whole hours about me gushing about that. <laughs> uh, I literally broke the entire format of my show so I could talk about it. Well, so, I, you know, I do want you to know, as uh, my co-host Greg and I were, were putting, because it was his idea. I, I was like, hey, let's do a mini series between Secret Wars 2 and Secret Wars 3. Because we need some prep time because we're literally reading the entire Hickman Marvel Universe, you know, uh, run, which is a lot of issues. And like, I think it's over like 150 something. Oh, yeah. No, it's huge. I mean, it's Ultimates and Fantastic Four and Avengers and New Avengers. And it's awesome and beautiful. And the timing is perfect because he's returning to Marvel. But, uh, you know, it's... it's we needed <gasps> a little... I didn't know that. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, I just got warm feelings. Yeah, yeah. There's I love a Hickman and Marvel. Big full page <laughs> ad in, the, in this month's, this week's comics saying Hickman is coming. Kind of mi- mimicking the Bendis is coming ones from DC, but uh, but yeah. Actually, so you know what? I'm more I'm more okay with that. Oh, no, me too. We can just you know, I'm, keep keep Bendis over there. He can he can play. I around love Bendis with, at DC. Actually, don't, I, don't I, get I, me wrong. Yeah, he's great. I, I like Young Justice. I like what he's doing with like yeah. the wonders. Oh the yeah, wonder and actually, comic Action thing. Comics has been really good. But anyway, we're going to cover but, Secret sorry. Wars three. But in the meantime, we wanted to do a little mini series, so we're doing Squadron Supreme cast. And actually, Jesse, I want you to know, and originally the plan was that this was just going to be me and Greg, the way our other shows have been sometimes. And I was like, well, actually, Jesse from Alphabet, Alphabet Flight made me promise if we did this show, he could be a guest. So I want to make sure. And now all of a sudden, we 
we opened it up for a like literally a hot second, and our it, every single episode filled within like three minutes. So, so you you've got a, an episode which is great, but we, it's it turned into a, a show with a guest because of you. Okay, thank you. First off, um, <laughs> yes. And second off, um, yeah, also Squadron Supreme is going to be being put front and center in the Avengers book soon. Oh, yeah. Can I? S- okay, sorry, I need to keep this short, but. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I love Jason Aaron yeah. so much. Uh-huh. I love J. I love Jason Aaron. Me too. Like, I, I, I love Jason Aaron. I can't say anything more than that. I love Jason Aaron. I love Hickman. I love Jerry Duggan. I love Donnie Cates. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love Marvel right now yep. so much. And. Again, Bendis is doing great over at DC. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad he left because it let the the kind of like the not B t- like the I would say the B team, the up and coming writers, yeah, the up and coming writers, the B team, basically the ones that like I stuck with Marvel for are now the A A listers, mm-hmm. the ones that are putting out everything, and they're front and center, and and it's amazing, and I love this era of Marvel so much so far. Yeah, I just like it. I like it when it's balanced. I like when DC and Marvel both have great writers, and that's where now with Hickman coming back, that's where we're entering. It'll be a really nice balance. Oh, did it say what book he's doing? Well, okay, so the I'm ad reading says it. it's really cool. The ad says, I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like when two species occupy the same space, it leads to either adaptation or dominance. So everybody thinks it's going to be Eternals. And, you know, Eternals and Lemurians, because the movie is going to be coming out soon. So probably his first book will be Eternals, but I don't think that'll be it. I mean, he usually does a couple. If he can make me like Eternals, that'd be a very, 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 throw like a few more varies in there. Yeah. Hard thing to do. But I think he might be able to do it. He's the guy who could do it. I mean, the Eternals are the rice cakes of the Marvel Universe. Like, they they are not interesting on any level. But uh, if anybody can do it, it's Hickman. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. So, yeah, that's so that's what's coming up on uh, Pulp to Pixel. We got some Secret Wars stuff coming. I have it both on Instagram and uh, Twitter where you could see the people we we're talking about. And you want to look at this one. Um, it's both at Alphabet Flight. Um, I also have a Patreon, which you can get in the link where we... Where if I get $25 a month, I will do an extra episode a week where I talk about the pets of Marvel. That's so awesome. If to, so if you want to hear about the cat I almost named my cat after, um, do that. Uh, uh, besides that, this has been Alphabet Flight. And pre- please listen to Prince Namor. And don't toot that horn. Bye. <laughs>